Come and see who he is. And that's exactly what is in our passage today. I'm going to read it. I'll start in verse 35. It says, again, the next day, John stood with the two of his disciples and looking at Jesus. Now, that's John the Baptist. And he was baptizing. And lots of people are coming to him. Before Jesus was even on the scene, he was baptizing. And now, all of a sudden, here comes Jesus. And uh, looking at Jesus, verse 36, as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. What did John the Baptist tell people to do towards Jesus? To behold him. Look at him, right? In fact, okay, I'm going to get to this in a second, but let's read. 37. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, when translated, Teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying, and he remained with, with them that day. Now it was about the tenth hour, that's 4 p.m. Verse 40, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon. Simon's the other name of Peter that we know from the Gospels. And he said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called uh, Cephas, which is translated a stone. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael, he said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, come and see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, and he said, Behold an Israelite, indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And then we're going to stop there, verse 48. We'll, I'll read the rest of it at the end. But what I want you to notice in this, you know, we're not going to take a lot of time, but I just wanted to point out a simple principle of, because as you saw, what, what's happening here is people bringing other people to Jesus. These are the first disciples of Jesus. And this is how it happens that someone becomes a disciple. It all boils down to that one statement, come and see. Because when you see Jesus, your life will never be the same. You, not only will it, not, not just if you accept Jesus, your life will never be the same. That's absolutely true. That will just transform you. New creation and all the rest. Born again. But even if you don't accept him, truly seeing who he is, seeing him, will transform your life. You will you will be confronted with a decision to make that will affect all of eternity. And that's why, whether people accept or reject Christ, our job is the same. Come and see. See who he is. And see what he said. And see you know, how he lived. And all of the rest. Okay, a couple of uh, quick principles from this passage. Number one, and this is for us. As Christians, we want to share. We want to be evangelists. We want people to see Jesus. Number one, you have, and this is, I thought of this today. You have to see him to show him. I'm talking about personally. If you want to be effective at sharing your faith or leading others to Christ, you yourself have to know Jesus. Now, someone say, oh, that's obvious, right? But you would be surprised. I went to Bible college, my wife Lynn, Gavin, Julia, others, Josiah, Anya. We knew Josiah and Anya in Bible college. Your son, like, your other son. Judah. <laughs> like, uh, how long ago was it that we were there? 40 years? 
a rabbi, because they called him rabbi. That was someone, he wasn't just a teacher, like you see me once a week, maybe, if it's not raining. But it's raining and we're here. You see, But a real rabbi, a real teacher, a discipler, was someone who their life was followed by the others that he was discipling. So they were able to literally see how he lived. Imagine that. If we could follow these some pastors around. I'm a pastor. You know what I mean? Pastors look good on Sunday. That's our day. We're ready. You know? We're we're holy that day. It's like we don't we we try not to get in fights on the way to church. We try to you know, Saturday night even, we're good. <laughs> but imagine following the pastors around throughout the week. Man, I thought this guy was a pastor. That's probably what you'd say. Not about me, of course, but the other ones. <laughs> but some of you guys know me, and that's the way it was with Jesus. He was able to, and Paul too, he said, look at my life. You know my manner of life, the way I live. On Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the rest of the week. And so, that's what he's saying. We see him as a lamb, but we see his life. And not only that, but in verse 41 that I read you, he said, we found the Messiah. In verse 45, Philip and Nathaniel said to him, we have found him who Moses and the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus. What they're saying is not just, we found a good teacher, we have found him. And chapter 1 opens up in talking about Jesus in him was light, and the light was the. In him was life, and the light was the light of men. It says that he he said of himself, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I have come that they might have life, and that more abundantly. So the Messiah, the Christ, is the one who brings life, true life. So when we're looking at Jesus, we're seeing." Sacrifice for us, for our sins. We're saying number two, life. True life, fulfilled life. That's what we're presenting to people. A sacrifice, because you need your sins taken care of first and foremost. Take care of your sins and give you life. Real life. And number three, we see that he is the Lord. Verse 42. He brought them to Jesus, and when Jesus looked at them, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah, you shall be called Cephas. Imagine a stranger saying that to you. Hey, you're Brian, but your name's going to be called Millie Bob. <laughs> and they, they didn't argue with him. Why? Because he spoke as one who had authority. Didn't he? Why? Because he's the Lord. Like, everybody recognized it about him. He, he could command the winds and the waves, and they would stop. He could command demons be gone. They would go. Whatever he wanted, he could do. He could walk on water. That's because he's the Lord. We're not just dealing with one option of many. We're dealing with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And that's what he's presented in, again in verse 43. He found Philip and said, follow me. He's the Lord. Verse 47. I just want to show you this again. He saw Nathanael coming and he said, behold, an Israelite in, indeed in whom is no deceit. In that whole conversation, he's presenting himself as one who, is, who knows everything as the Lord. And I want to show you one more thing real quick, and then we'll, we'll end with this next thing. Verse 48. You like how I did that? I'll show you one more thing, then we'll end with the next thing. <laughs> At the trip, because it's not, it's two more things. Dang. Why? Because I'm standing up. Why do you do that? It's just a trick. <laughs> <laughs> it's a magic trick. Nobody likes that. <laughs> no. 
That's what passes. I apologize. I can't help it. Yeah, following You're following these passes around. Nobody likes that. All right. Whether you like it or not, here it comes. Jesus, verse 47. Saw Nathaniel coming, and then uh, verse 49. Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. He recognized that he was the Lord. He says in verse 48, the end of verse 48, and here's what I wanted to point out. Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, while you were under the fig tree, I saw you. There's a theme in the passage tonight that we've, we've seen. And that is, come and see, come and see. Again and again, John the Baptist, behold, the Lamb of God. So they're, they're telling, Jesus is saying, come and see. The disciples to one another are saying, come and see. John the Baptist is saying, come and see. And Jesus says something interesting. And all of that, in verse 48, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. You know what that means? It means before we, we see Jesus, he first sees us. And the Bible says it another way. We love him because he first loved us. Isn't that amazing? That before I, my eyes are opened to see Jesus, he first has seen me. And that's an amazing thought that, that I had today about this because Jesus is saying, I saw you. In fact, our job I was going to read a verse. I'm just going to say Acts chapter 26, verse 16 and 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 to 6. I'm going to summarize what those basically say. Our job as evangelists, or people who say, see Jesus, is to help people see through the gospel Jesus so that their eyes may be opened. The, okay. 2 Corinthians 4, sorry. Sorry, not sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Because this is really important when you're understanding about people seeing him. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 to 6. It says, Even if our gospel is veiled or is hidden, blinded, it is veiled to those who are perishing whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Who has blinded people's eyes? The God of, that's talking about the devil. The God of this age has, has blinded. Who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. So what's happening here is this. People start off blinded. Jesus sees them, and he says to us, who are his representatives, go and share with them the gospel. When the gospel message comes, and the gospel is simply pointing people to Jesus, telling people about what he's done and who he is. When the gospel comes, it's like shining a light that can open people's eyes so that they receive eternal life and salvation. So in a very real sense, we have the ability, through the message of the gospel, to help people who are lost in darkness, who are blinded spiritually, to have their eyes open simply by sharing them the gospel and pointing them to Jesus Christ. I know that's a lot to take in, but it's important because that's exactly what this whole passage is about. Let me finish reading the passage. Verse 50. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open 
and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. You hear what Jesus said? Still talking about seeing. He didn't say, you saw, or he didn't say, come and see. He says, future tense, you shall see. Have you ever heard the saying, you ain't seen nothing yet? That's the, that's the translation. So what he's basically saying is, we live in this present moment where there's a battle, there's light and darkness, there's opening the eyes, there's eyes that are blinded, and Jesus is saying something prophetic to Nathaniel that I think can apply to us, and that is, you guys, we're going to see something much greater and much more glorious in the future. And that's what we're looking forward to. The time when our eyes will see the clouds open and the Son of Man coming down from heaven. In fact, the Bible says, every eye will see. Sound good? End of chapter 1.